1: hello welcome everybody to another episode of the in the paint show presented by ball is life episode 116 here with my co-host ani umana ani how's it going we're revving up for the playoffs a lot to talk about in a short period of time today
2: yeah, man, everything's going good. Uh, like you said, just playoffs coming up. I know in California, y'all y'all, y'all got the uh, the seating set. And in Texas, you know, the seatings aren't finalized completely. There's still a few district games, but people generally have a feel of what, you know, who they're probably going to have to face in the first round, what the seating is. So it, it's, a, it's a fun time. I like this time of the year because the playoffs, you're going to see a lot more competitive games. District is cool. Uh, but you know, ain't nothing like a win or go home situation.
1: Oh, no, no doubt. And you know, with us, we don't have a win or go home situation yet. You know, we're the Southern section playoffs are starting the best division where the state ranked and nationally ranked teams with the open division. And we'll Mm -hmm. go over that open division, you know, here in a little while with our special guest, Eric Sondheimer of the LA Times. He's been covering high school sports since the mid seventies. So he'll have a lot of insight and a lot of hot takes to say, but I wanted to get your opinion On a topic that, you know, we've kind of brushed up before, but haven't really taken a deep dive on. And, you know, that's uh, elite players coaching, players who didn't play scouting, that type of thing. So there was a 15 greatest coaches list that just came out earlier this week. And, um, you know, what I noticed on that list is that there were so many few elite players on that list, yeah, you know, even if it's, you know, just a few, a a few. So what did you think of that list? And, you know, was there any coach that you thought that deserved to be on that list that wasn't?
2: Uh, I thought the list was good. I thought for the most part, um, that list was pretty fair. I thought it was interesting seeing like, uh, uh, Doc Rivers who I, I believe, I believe is, but like, you know, he hasn't, you know, most of those coaches won multiple NBA titles. Sure. Uh, but, no, I thought the list was, was fine. Uh, it's such a, the 15 greatest coaches list is like so, you know, what do you kind of base it off? I mean, obviously you can base it off so many things, but it, it's, it's just so, you know, it's different. Like, is it, you know, tenure, championships, you know, what's your win-loss record for your career, all that stuff, Um but I thought that the list was pretty good. And uh, like you said, there's not there's a lot of guys that weren't elite basketball players, right? Or yeah. elite, elite NBA careers. And uh that is telling. Um, you know, kind of you, because you've seen a lot of elite NBA or NBA Hall of Famers that took head coaching jobs and it just didn't really pan out. Uh, you even right. see the college level. So uh, you know, it's it's just interesting how that transition is, you know, for yeah. people for guys that were at the top pinnacle as a player and as a coach, you know, really having to adjust.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, like you think about a guy like Greg Popovich, who mm-hmm. you know coached at a small college in Southern California, and now he's like considered one of the best coaches of all time. So maybe it offers a different perspective. Like you, like an old coaching mantra says, the bench teaches you a lot, you know, whether you get benched or whether you're just sitting on the bench because you're just not good enough, you know, like. <laughs> right. <laughs> a good perspective. Um, my take on it is that, you know, I thought there were some great coaches. Uh, I, I like some of the coaches that maybe that didn't win as much championships, like, but turned franchises around or were consistent winners. Uh, some of those guys, I would think, again, uh, like Gene Shu. Yeah. Uh, Tex Winner is known as a mastermind coach. We know w- what kind of impact he's had. Absolutely. Nick Mata. Uh, Bill Fitch, the recently passed Bill Fitch, you know he kind of was with the Cleveland Cavaliers before he got on with the Celtics, and and he, he was known as a uh, kind of like a take charge coach, like a Vince Lombardi, but again he didn't have the talent in Cleveland. But as soon as he went to the you know when he went to the mm-hmm. Celtics, it, it he won. So it's not yeah. like he didn't win, you know. So very interesting list, and like you said, um, I just I do think it says a lot for there being. Not a lot of elite players on that list. You know, mm-hmm. I like Jerry Sloan, too. And Jerry Sloan was a good player. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Jerry yeah. Sloan was a good player. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he's consistent. Like, whatever. He was simple in Utah. Like, obviously, he had two great mainstays that were in his lineup for 15 years. But, you know, it was a long time. But mm-hmm. they consistently won 50 to 60 games. Like, that's no. not that easy. You no. know, you see a lot of teams that have ups and downs. So, you know, shout out to those guys that did make it. It was, like you said, Eric Sprosa, Doc Rivers. You know, obviously the 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 names everybody knows, Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach, right. like those guys are going to
0: make the list. But
1: yeah, it's very notice notice that a lot of those guys either didn't play or very you know weren't a high level player. So one of the transition to that, mm-hmm. there was a story by Jeff Goodman from Stadium. Uh, you know, he it came out earlier this week as well, and he talked about that, but in a different light on college basketball. And again, we've talked about Memphis and some of the struggles of some other teams. And, and, you know, what did you think about Jeff Goodman's story? And I wanted to touch up on something that Damon Stoudemire said. And he was a coach who paid his duty. He was at Pacific. And now he's on the staff of the Boston Celtics. And Damon Stoudemire was a um, Pac-10 Pac-12 Player of the Year in 1995, NBA Rookie of the Year in 1996, and, you know, he got, he's what, a 5'10", 5'11", guard? And Damon's yeah. come on the spot to talk about uh, Lou Olson when, you know, the great college coach, when he passed, mm. he, he shared his thoughts on an old episode of the In the Paint show. So, you know, Damon, I wanted to just read it verbatim. I'm not going to try to summarize it. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The thing <laughs> that made many of us successful successful was our ego. As coaches, our ego can really hurt us. As top-tier athletes, one of our biggest – weaknesses and our biggest strengths is our ego you got to put that aside to be a successful college coach Stoudemire uh, reiterated that recruits especially nowadays don't want to hear about what he did in the NBA they don't want to hear about it he's a 511 guard in the NBA
0: <laughs> and that
1: he made a hundred million dollars like they want to know what they can do what he can do for them and what his staff can do for them so what was your take on Goodman's story? And on what do you think about Stoudemire's statements?
2: Yeah, no, that was a, it was a, it was an interesting article. It was a good article. I thought, uh, talked made it, made different points. Talk about staff, right? Like, you know, one of the biggest thing for like NBA guys that play in the NBA that go to the college ranks is that they have to have a strong staff and Damon, being an assistant at Arizona, and and before going to Pacific, it took a couple assistant jobs before being the head job. He knew what his staff was supposed to look like to be a head coach, and um, you know they made a point where NBA players when they get in, they don't have you know they didn't take years as an yeah. assistant, yeah. so they
1: don't have the acumen,
2: yeah, right. So they are relying on other people to help them with assistance, or you know they may make decisions they really just don't know. Like you said, they don't have the acumen. Um, but, you know, Mo Williams made a really good point in that article where he said as a player, you have a lot of downtime, you know, to practice games and then you have downtime. He said as a college coach. You know, and I think Fred horberg you mentioned it, it's like you know, you're gonna do eight eight a.m. to eleven p.m. and you oh, have yeah. to be available, you know, recruiting, you know, recruits texts and calling. You gotta check in on recruits and calls, and media, alumni, all that stuff that comes with yeah. you know, taking the head job that as a player, you know, you could you could turn your phone off and <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. So yeah. I thought I thought just as a player, just seeing how – like, especially when you're an elite player and you you can kind of bend – you don't break – you can bend the rules some, right? Like, sure. you're Patrick Ewing, like, you know, hell the Knicks. <laughs> you can tell the Knicks what to do, you know. What yeah, you oh, do. yeah, for sure. You know, then uh, to now it's uh, – it's, it's like you have to be available and you have to do it. it's like every day. Oh, yeah. There's no, you know, you don't get five six hours just to hang out, like
1: you know. <laughs> oh no, yeah, and he's got to answer questions like, "Why are you guys zero and ten in in conference?" <laughs> you know, like that can't be fun.
2: right. You know, like, every time, every game, every yeah. day, and every game you lose, you get. So, like what's going on with the team? Like, I know Memphis, I mean, Penny like went off on the media that one day and Penny said off
1: on the media about a couple weeks ago. You know, again, that uh-huh. was telling it's like, you know, quit asking me stupid questions. And it's like Penny, that's you know, do that. Penny, yeah, he didn't really get that as a player as much, especially when he was young, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh there was so a what's your th-
2: what's your thoughts on that? On the article,
1: yeah, yeah. My thoughts on the article was like you said, a couple of those points were real strong. I like what Damon Stoudemire said, because I can relate to that as a guy Mm. who is not very big, not very tall and trying to play ball. You got to be confident. And I also think that when you look at some of these college players that I've met, you know, assistants, some of them head coaches. And when you meet them, it takes a while to be like, okay, like, is he going to listen to my input? You know, like here I am, a guy who just didn't play basketball at a high level didn't play after high school. So I'm like, but I know what I know. I think I know what I know. You know what I mean? I'm confident. Like like David Silverman said, I'm confident. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking if I wasn't, you know what I mean? So, but as a player, sometimes you're like, dang, am I going to tell, you know, again, I'm just throwing his name out there. Am I going to tell Jerry Stackhouse or Chris Mullen? Like, yo, that's the player you need to take. Like that takes a while to like have the, you know, right. The, capacity to say that, and then for him to put his ego aside and say, you know what, Ani's right. I do need to look at that kid at Richardson, or I do need to look at that kid in El Paso. Like, who are those guys listening to? Again, like you said, when you're a lead player, it's a lot yeah. different. You know what I mean? You can go through stretches where you're not even tuned in, like zone. You you can you can have an off day, so, so to speak, and still get it done. In, in coaching, you really can't. You know, you lose a couple conference games now, all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball, you know what I mean,
2: right? And then the players, you know, the the day to day management of players is a beast, especially in the cause level. Now, you look at it now with NIL, like you said, Damon uh, made a point about they don't want to hear about him making a hundred million in the NBA. They're trying to figure out how can you help them with the NIL, (laughs) you know, what NIL opportunities are available, so you know. And then the management of the players is a beast, you know. Oh, especially yeah. coaches, especially this time of the year, where, like you said, you got the guys that are, you disgruntled. know, really disgruntled. You got the teams that are really bad. Coaches that are in the hot seat. The yeah. players know you may be in the hot seat.
1: They want <laughs> out. They're looking at the transfer portal. They're what? hitting up their homies. There's a lot of factors. Right. Yeah. So it's just that's interesting, you know. Like I said, there's some players who guys, who you know, the guy I would think about like. Um, somebody just comes of mine is like Jason Hart who coached at USC or Tony Bland. Like they'll take my opinion just like somebody else's. Right. And sometimes it took a little while to get there, but like you said, they put the ego aside. How are you going to take an opinion from a guy who didn't even play compared to a guy that played in the NBA for, you know, 10, 12 years, like, like Jason, it takes a while. And sometimes some college coaches have to realize that that's what they have to do. You know, they 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 don't know everything on the trail, like where the bodies are buried, quote unquote. You know, right. so once they learn that, like you said, the smart ones get the staff around them that that makes it work and and, and know who to to listen to. But yeah, right. if you're not listening to nobody, it's going to be a long, hard, and, and many oftentimes lonely road as they find out. And adjustment stuff. tough. So yeah, if you guys get a chance, go read that article. I think it's it's worth it. Uh, just mm-hmm. give us some pers- different perspective on coaching and being an elite player versus not being an elite player at all levels of the game, you know? So, you know, some of the greatest coaches I've seen, I always tell that to people. I'm like, Oh, so-and-so is the best coach in Arizona. So-and-so is the best coach in the Southern California. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, so-and-so has the best players.
2: There you go. <laughs> there
1: are hell of good coaches in every state that you know, that just doesn't have the horses and they're great coaches. They right. might win a league title here and there. They might win, you know, maybe they've won one section title or something. That's it. They're not, you know, multiple state champions, but they do a hell of a job. I've seen it. You know, like a guy right. who's getting maximum out of average players, guys like
0: right. you, like,
1: <laughs> you know, the borderline high school players, like guys who are not really going to go on to D one or D two basketball, and it's like they're winning. So, shout out to all those guys. Shout out to the guys who listen to this pod that just grind every day. It's it's hard, yeah, especially no, with the pandemic and all that. It's it's. They've, you got to give them a lot of respect so kudos to all those high school coaches let's move on to the, our, our main in the paint topic as we're, we're strolling through today um let's talk about the playoffs I'll start with the uh, southern section okay. open playoffs and the southern section open playoffs are like I said at the top of the show where you know the a lot of the state's better teams reside it's just the way they work um the open division, has been around since 214 and at the section level. It's been around at the state level since 213. And you know, it it morphed into a pool play. So you were like, why is there pool play?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so 18,
1: from 16 team bracket to 18 pool play. And the the pool play matchups as I I, I shared with you earlier include the team to two teams that you would know and follow and be aware of is is a uh, top seed Corona Centennial and number two seed Sierra Canyon. Obviously those are two of the best teams in the country and not just the state. So Sierra can Sierra Canyon. Obviously got the big win over uh Glenbard West this past weekend. So they're up to 13 in the fab 50 Centennial has been holding state at number five. So they're the top two seeds, and They're in separate separate pools. Um, you know, pool one, is or pool A, whatever you want to call it, is Centennial one Crean Lutheran with Victorious Miller. We talked about coach mm-hmm. four Damien, which has a good team with Colorado bound RJ Smith, kind of their leader. They're five and Bishop Montgomery, which has been um, a state open champion before in 2017 with the uh eight and then in pool B, uh, or second pull whatever you want to call it sierra cannon at number two harvard westlake three harvard westlake has a very good team modern day the perennial power that everybody knows around the countries six and sherman oaks and notre dame which has a couple high level elite players comes at number seven so again they all have to play each other so the matches are already set they're going to play on friday the 11th tuesday the 15th and Friday, February 18th, with the championship game set for the following Friday, which is February 25th. So uh, just a couple notes about that. It's pool play for the fourth straight year. <clears throat> uh Modern Day is the only team that is playing in each season. Uh, Corona Centennials missed it once. You know, uh, Centennial's trying to win its second consecutive title. But last year, with that spring season, Ani, they didn't they didn't play in the regional. So once they beat Sierra Canyon. Mm-hmm. they chose to go to section seven to get their players live looks again this was in june uh, yeah it was just this past june six mm-hmm. months ago seven months ago wasn't a year ago right so it's a short condensed thing but now we're back on a regular schedule so when you looked at it you know when i sent you over the the pool what, you know what do you think about that and just some highlight What do you you have a question or like do you think you know obviously you know some of those teams and you know who the two the two favorites are but you know what are you what are your thoughts on that and is do you have a, you know be you coming from a place where you got to win 6 7 games in a row right right winner winner go home you know what do you think about that
2: yeah no it's a, it's an interesting um, way to go about it uh with the pool play and then kind of i guess it goes pull to bracket is why yeah, i imagine. Pool,
1: then they'll jump into the regional bracket correct
2: mm-hmm. so, i think so. um <clears throat> i think it's actually um uh, i like it because you know, the teams that, you know, may lose still kind of have a chance to uh, right. win it. Uh, you know, you can always catch someone on a bad day. And so every game, even though like win or go home, can be very intense. I think these type of games are still really intense. You still see a lot of good basketball. Oh, I know Harvard-Westlake has a really good team. Matter Day, I mean, I know they, they've been, they're kind of down this year, sure. but uh, – you know, they're a team that could be really interesting. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Sierra Canyon, Corona Centennial. I mean, they should probably see each other at the end, uh, projected. But you know, a lot can happen. Uh, I guess my question is like, um, like, why did you know? You said this is what the fourth year in a row they yeah, did pool play. Year. What? Yeah. Uh, what? What do you think led them to go to pool play, and what was it before?
1: Yeah, I, I think because it was a sixteen-team bracket.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, the the question was. Those are 16 good teams because now D1 has eight of those teams, right? The next bracket that is right. the strongest bracket, which is very strong this year. So you got to remember when the playoffs started, those are some of the best teams in the state. All, multiple teams can win state titles at different levels. Obviously, there's only one open champion, which is most people consider the de facto state champion. But mm-hmm. others are very deserving. So what happened is after that first round, let's say like this Friday, now that team's in a consolation. See? Wow. In, in the consolation, you had teams that did, 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 they kind of lost. There was too big of a weight. If there was no, you know, there was too big of a weight between the consolation and, you know, the teams that maybe lost in the, the first consolation game. So maybe mm-hmm. two losses in a row to the state tournament. It was a big break, right? Because now you're looking at February 15th. Well, you're not starting the, the the regional playoffs when you fall back into your region until like March 1st or whatever it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> because the championship game is Friday the 25th. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the regional would start to that next week. So what would that be? Saturday the 26th, Sunday's the 27th, Monday's the 28th, mm-hmm. March 1st. You know what I'm saying? So it's a big – they now you're taking two weeks off. So it kept – the team's playing. By having it in pool, kept the team's playing. Uh, there's no consolation bracket. If the section like D1, uh, D2A, D2A, when you when you advance to a certain re- uh, level, which is usually the semifinals, you get into the regional. So if you get knocked off in the first round or the second round, you're done. But that uh-huh. wasn't the case in the open division, which had the best thing. You had to wait. And some people thought that the consolation championship in the bracket wasn't very meaningful. There was no trophy, that kind of thing. Like they're like, we'd rather, they didn't like it completely. Mm-hmm. So they, they made the adjustment to play preset games in a pool. Then you have the championship game. And then that means you only get one week off for the other six teams that didn't make the final. Yes. Right. So, so that, that's how that came out. So I guess the wait would be shorter. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have, you know, so many practice days at the end of the season. So, that, makes, that makes a yeah. lot of
2: sense another thing is like who do you think is uh kind of make a sneaky run at it
1: Uh yeah well, yeah you know the thing is I think you have to look like you said at Harvard Westlake and here's why um that game on Friday the 18th against Sierra Canyon the two3 could be a really big game it could be like a de facto semifinal game so Harvard Westlake plays modern day in the three six that's at home so when it, there's no uh coin flip there's no uh, priority seating. The ho- the higher seed gets the home game the whole way through. So Sierra Canyon is going to be at home. Centennial is going to be at home. So Modern Day is on the road at Harvard Westlake. So Harvard Westlake's in the San Fernando Valley, which is ten minutes from Sierra Canyon. So uh, they're at home. So then Harvard Westlake gets Sherman Oaks Notre Dame. Those two schools are very close to each other too. And that's on Tuesday. That's the three seven. So Harvard Westlake's at home. Yeah. So then, the only game Harvard-Westlake would have to, you know, because presumably win is a very short trip to uh, Sierra Canyon. So that you know, they only leave ten minutes to their home. You know, one <laughs> time. So, yeah. You know, I, I think we got Eric Sonheimer here on our stream. I think he's ready to jump in. Let's see if he's in a good spot. If he can, if he can find a place that's quiet. Er- Eric, do you? Do we have you? Let's see if Eric's on here. I don't, I'm not sure he's on here yet so let's uh let's see if he he'll call back but uh so that's where I kind of take that with uh Harvard Westlake is mm-hmm. they have a like you said what's the team that has a chance to I think because they don't have to travel they, you that's know they're gonna have to beat Sierra Canyon a couple minutes from their home so you know I I you know that that's a very interesting match could be a very interesting match and I like I said that's already set um Crean Lutheran in the four-five Damian—that's a good game. Then they'd have to play Bishop Montgomery. So, you know, Crean Kare- Lutheran in the one-four at Corona Centennial on Friday, the February eighteenth, could be a could be a big game. You know, they they have a chance. So, you know, it's it's very interesting how how that may work. So, yeah. you know, we, the 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 open is very difficult. It's mm-hmm. uh, not easy to navigate through, but you do know the matchups. That's one advantage for the teams
2: they already do know who they're playing right yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good thing you could already scout on it uh and, and uh text you just really you know when we get like i said we're still kind of in the district play towards the, the very end of it but when you get in the playoffs it's like you know you got that one game and then that second round game you won't know maybe till you know maybe that game's not that day yeah. it may be the next day or two days and then yeah. you're just trying to figure out how to scout and who you, who you may go against but uh yeah. That's, it's a, uh, man, like the pull to bracket. That that that's a beast. <laughs> that's yeah. that that's still that's still a beast. And
1: and I think we have Eric here. Eric, can you hear us? Eric. Yes. yes, hello. Sorry
0: How
2: about that.
1: Right. Thank you for joining our show, Eric Sonheimer of the LA Times. Eric, I know you're always pressed for time. You got a million things to do, and I want to make sure we got this mm-hmm. connection. And so Thank just you. want to jump right into it. We were talking about potentially a team breaking through the mold and getting through to advance to the final be that wouldn't be Corona Centennial or, or Sierra Canyon, the number two seed, obviously, Corona Centennial, the top seed. And we thought <laughs> about Harvard-Westlake because they just don't really have to go very far. They got two home games, and then they'd have to play at Sierra Canyon, which is just down the road. What do you think about the, the pool, and what do you think about somebody's chances besides those two top seeds?
3: Well, they clearly are uh... – the next best that could break in. I mean, I don't really care about the home sites. I mean, I don't think yeah. they're the the road is is a whole lot uh, bad going through home sites. The question with them is, will they be able to beat Monterey and Sierra Canyon within their division? And that first game against Monterey is going to be huge for both schools. Whoever wins that game, I think, will give Sierra Canyon a, a good. Uh, game, you know, and Harvard Wesley's got the size. Uh, They have Brady Dunlap, who's been shooting the ball really well. They have a veteran guard and Cameron thrower. I just want to make sure that those big guys come through. You know, when they lost to Notre Dame, the big guys were invisible. Uh, And so they need to pick it up a little bit. But uh, modern day has been underrated all season, yet they keep winning. They've only had two losses. So that's going to be a great game. That's the game that I'm going to on Friday night.
1: Yeah. That's the game that, that right right off the bat, as you mentioned, in the uh, 3-6 game. You know, Erica, I wanted to get your take on a few things. Um, obviously, we always talk about the teams that get in, the teams that didn't. You know, was Riverside Poly a glaring omission, and where do you have them ranked in your top 25 this week?
3: Well, they were definitely in the top eight. So uh, <laughs> I think they were like four or five. So I don't yeah. know why they were not let in other than they – Felt like their schedule wasn't good but they have a win over Damien mm-hmm. so sure. I mean clearly they should have been in it's not a big deal they'll be happy uh contending for a division one championship you know so yeah a lot of young players uh I don't think they I think they did a good job except for that one but there's always nobody's perfect so sure um, I don't have an issue with the fact that they left them out
1: yeah you know I, I see I saw Riverside poly obviously a few times as you did and like you said they they don't have no stinker losses they did lose to centennial big but so did notre dame and they you know that notre dame had a couple stinker losses they lost to sarah gardena who polly beat so there's definitely a a case could be made for riverside policy like you said in my state rankings they're in the top eight your your socal rankings they're in the top eight so we'll see i just hope people don't go well see they didn't deserve in if they lose in d1 because that's not really the case i mean as as of today they they could have been in regardless of how that d1
3: bracket plays out yeah and um, d1 is is loaded with top teams so yeah. if you win D, d1 you're pretty good
1: yeah definitely we'll get to that here in a minute um what do you think the state eric is going to do with the socal open after the the sectionals with the la city being so down you know the LA city really doesn't their open champ really can't compete with these teams we just discussing what do you think to right. be the scenario there
3: Well, they're definitely not going to be in the open division. I doubt they're going to be in division one. You know, it depends on who wins it. You know, the the Mm -hmm. Fairfax is playing Venice on Friday. That'll be a a big game to decide who might be the number one seed for the city open division. So um, maybe division two for the champion. I mean, the the city is way down. It's so wide Mm -hmm. open that one through eight could win a championship this year. Wow. So uh, as far as state is concerned, I hope they put the <laughs> division, too, because that's where they belong.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah, you're right. They don't give them just token seeds because just because they're from another section that they really put them where they belong. Um, you know, do you think that there's going to be any talk or are we ever going to go back to where there's a all day championships at a big venue again? Eric, do you think that that's eventually going to happen?
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's just not going to happen this year because L.A. County remains sure. the one county that's still requiring masks, and and we don't know when that's going to come off. So, they don't sure. want to to do anything until that gets taken off. Mm-hmm. They could always go to Orange County or even the yeah. Inland Empire, but it's too late to get bigger venues. You know, it yeah. you have to do this months in advance. So next year it'll be fine. And if people need to get a neutral site with some more fans, I'm sure they'll be able to get a bigger high school to, to do yeah. that for the regionals.
1: For the regionals. Yeah, some schools are not going to be able to play at their home sites, I imagine. And I, I do hope they go back to having a lot of games at one venue. Yeah, you know, because it's hard. Like for you and me and other people in the media, it's hard to see games. I, I mean, even this year, all the games are on – the boys' games are on Tuesdays and Fridays, and there's none on uh, on on like a you know Thursday – or Monday or something like that. So it, it's hard to watch which exactly what you want to watch. Um, on a bigger scale, Eric, uh, what do you see the future of, of of SoCal basketball going to be? You know, has, has this COVID-19 changed it forever? Are we going to still have as many strong teams? Is the city going to come back a little bit, or is it just too many years or too many seasons are going by with all these restrictions that it's going to be hard to recover and people are going to leave and want to transfer to prep schools or where they could do whatever they want, you know? What do you kind of foresee that here in the near future?
3: Well, clearly, if we're referring to the elite, elite players, there's more options than high school. So uh, I I see more players going for those options, the top of the top. But that's fine. If they want to do that and and all they care about is themselves individually, then let them go at this point. I mean, we're we're at the point. I'm not going to worry about you. If if that's all you care about is playing – NBA basketball or whatever, and you have that dream, then go ahead. I mean, it's still a long shot, and if you want to do that, go ahead. But all the other schools are going to be around. The big interesting part will come next year when Sierra Canyon moves to the Mission League. They have a culture. They've been accepting player after player. And the Mission League, they don't necessarily do that So, in a lot of sports. So this is going to be quite interesting. A little clash is going to be occurring, and the CIF ordered pretty much them to take the Mission League to take Sierra Canyon, and I I can't wait to see how this is going to uh, play out. So um, whether that's going to play out uh, outside or internally, that will be the interesting case.
1: Correct. because Sierra Canyon has gotten players from, especially on the basketball ranks from all over. I'm sure they've gotten football players from greater Southern California. And Ani, just so you know that they're in the Gold Coast League and the Mission League is a a much stronger league across all sports. Okay. Sierra Canyon is going to be joining them. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, the elites, the top 50, top 100 players in the country, those type of guys are going to leave. They're going to do what they want. But high school sports is still very strong. Right. And and it's going to be stronger in the future when we get back to somewhat uh, normalcy, packed crowds, that type of thing. Right. I'm um, not
3: worried about it. It will return, yeah. just like the people – said that football was going to die. We're going to have seven-on-seven. They're going to take over. (laughs) What happened to club football? It's disappeared. I mean, stop screaming that the sky is falling. It's not falling. Everything will be fine. We just got to get through this. And I think this is the last year of of issues, even in California, where we've been very conservative. But I think it's been great. I, I wear a mask. I don't have a problem wearing a mask. I don't see what the problem is wearing a mask. It doesn't yeah. bother me to wear a mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it bothers some people. You're right, but it, others, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 a whole. Well, that's we can spend a whole episode on that uh, on itself. Right. Um right. You know, Eric, the CIF has not had a live scholastic period, and they're not going to have one again for the fourth year. Uh, it comes down many in many regards off the record to gender equity issues. There's not an equivalent on the girl side. Um, obviously, the best teams high school teams as their high school team they go to section seven in arizona for in june to play in front of college coaches uh in your opinion is is the gender equity issue hurting both boys and girls when it comes to like getting looked at getting recruited or do you think hey if you can go to section seven go to section seven you know or do you think it's hurting uh, all the kids around the state
3: I, I think it's just up to each individual how much they want to do. Sex and Seven, obviously, is good to get some exposure. It can sure. help people that haven't been seen. And if they want to do it, then do it. The girls, I think, are going to get better here. We have several high school coaches have become WNBA coaches. You know, Vanessa sure. Nygaard just left Windward to be the head coach of the Phoenix Mercury. And you have the CL sure. Storm, that hired uh, Noel Quinn. That's the best thing of all. These people know Southern California. They're going to help. With uh, to generate more attention to these high school girls, and it, it will sure. get fixed here soon. So I'm not worried about that. It's, it's up to each individual parent. To me, everybody's spending way too much money trying to get exposed. If you're good, they will find you. Whether it's at high yes. school, whether you're on a, a good or bad club team, Pe- sure. people are just too worried about things. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. You're not good enough, or they don't want to hear the truth. You're not a Division <laughs> One player. I'm sorry. I'm not playing the game anymore with the parents,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. I'm going to
3: tell you the truth. And, and, and if you don't want to hear it, then that's tough. Go somewhere else. And I'm tired of playing the little game. I'm too old. Yeah. I'm yeah. 63. I'm not playing yeah. the game that if I'm nice to you, you're going to talk to me and give me your scoop of what school you're going to play. Others on the internet are playing that game. I'm not going to do it. So sure. that's it.
1: Yeah, I understand. People need hard truth. And like you said, there's only so many scholarships. You know, the, on the boys' side, the section seven has been good for the these players because some of them are missing out on scholarship opportunities. So, hopefully, like you said, the girls keep getting some some proper exposure and that keeps in, improving. Eric, what what's your high take, real quick on the? And I'll let you go on the D one bracket. You know, what do you see there? Obviously, like you said, there's good good teams. There's some good matches by the quarterfinals. Uh, Riverside Poly gets a bye. Obviously, they're the top seed as we mentioned. So, I, I really like know? Saint.
3: I really like St. John Bosco. They've been playing really well in the last uh, couple of weeks. They, they lost out on one of their, an injury to one of their top freshmen, but Jack Turner has really come on strong. So okay. I think if they can take it one game at a time and they have a tough, every opener is tough in the division one. So it wouldn't surprise me if they lost in the first round, but it also I wouldn't be surprised if they won at all, you know, beating Polly will be tough if they make it to the final, but I really yeah. have confidence in Matt Dung as a coach. He's, He's won these big games. It's just sure. a question whether they've improved enough with a young team to to deal with the pressure that they're going to be facing. And I think yeah. they will.
1: Yeah, yeah, they could. They they should probably get by. Um, they should probably get by uh, Culver City. Then they would probably play maybe Fairmont Prep. And like you said, that would be a, a big quarterfinal game against Edgewood. If they get to that game and play good, then you they you might be right. They might be going making a Cinderella run. So. Is there any other team that, that you like or any other, or do you think Polly's probably going to advance? Cause they're, you know, obviously they're the no, best No, I mean,
3: it, to me, it's either Bosco or Polly that's going to win it. You know, Polly is certainly, we'll have to see how freshmen respond so far. They've done great, you know, yeah. in the regular season. Uh, but as long as they don't, are not over, uh, you know, overlooking to other people looking ahead, you know, yeah. sometimes yeah. young players look ahead as long as they're yeah. focused, they yeah. should be fine. So, uh, yeah. But I mean, every game is tough. That's what everybody has to understand in Division One. You cannot look ahead. You will lose yeah. immediately if you do. Sure.
1: No, great. You know, Eric, we appreciate the insight. Thanks for the hard hitting truth. And you're right, you know, people need to be a little more realistic about their goals and hopefully you continue to tell those people stories and, and tell them the information they need. So we I appreciate it. your
3: time. Thank you. My appreciate pleasure. You, Take okay, care, Eric. guys. Good luck. Thank night. you.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. So you see Eric Sondheimer's been around the block. Oh, man. <laughs> 1976. So he just tells it like it is. And, you know, he's, he's, he's right in, in many respects. You know, it's up to the schools to put together the, the um, you know, let their kids know, hey, we're going to play in this event. Because there is no other live event. CIF doesn't approve. Adi, I know, so. know that the UIL does approve of a scholastic period in June. Mm-hmm. Which is very important. I'll I'm, be honest. I mean. I mean, Eric covers more of the high school, but from the grassroots side with the scholastic setting, that helped a lot of 222s in California. Man, they, yeah. they would be not having the scholarship <laughs> offers they did without it. I mean, I could mm-hmm. go down and name the players. Keon Kenzie from TAP, Dusty Stromer from Notre Dame, 223. I mean, two bunch of 222s, even at smaller colleges. So it did help, and I do, I do want to kind of let people know Real quick, I know we're jumping ahead, but what, what those dates are. So this year, Section 7 is June 17th through 19th. And again, like we said, Corona Centennial last year was still in the high school season when like, June, you know, the Section 7 came on. So the high school season will be long over this this year. The state championships are March 11th and March 12th. So they'll be, you know, they're going to have ample time to go into the spring Live period, apple time to it'll be a normal section seven, a normal June scholastic period, not, not cramped up. So it's June 17th through 19th. It's gonna be in Glendale, Arizona. Last year it was at State Farm Stadium where uh the Cardinals play, where the Arizona Cardinals play. <laughs> and if you have if you're listening to this pod and you have a team uh that wants to play in this event. Email section seven team camp at gmail.com. Once again, that's section seven, the number section seven team camp at gmail.com. We'll jump back into some details about that. I wanted to talk a little bit about D1. Like, I don't think Bosco's going to go that far. Oh, I did nothing to my guy Matt Dunn. <laughs> that would be a hell of a run. They're not a, a seeded team or whatnot, but they would have to be that in the, the quarterfinal. And then that from that other semifinal, Heritage Christian has a good team. Uh, you know, Rolling Hills Prep with Benny Geeler, who's going to yeah. Stanford. You know, very good team. Yeah, I would think Polly's probably the, the favorite. He mentioned the freshman. The freshman he's talking about who got hurt is LZ Harrington. Um, in my initial Cal High rankings for 225 in the state, calhighsports.com, uh, I had LZ number one, but he hurt his foot, so he's out for the playoffs. That's why I'm not sure Bosco, maybe they, again, other guys have been playing good. They have other players. Cade Bonham, who you're going to
0: see
1: yeah. at all the big events. Mm-hmm. Even and two great 225s. The guy for for uh, Riverside Poly that he's referring to is uh, Braden Burries. He's about 6'4", 6'5", two man, just wing forward, two slash three. He's playing really good. And that's kind of like he was mentioning. They have a kind of a young team, and like I said, they couldn't really handle Sierra Canyon. I'm sorry, Corona Centennial, they got really blown out, like 61-37. Uh, that no. may be looked at as one of the reasons why they weren't in the open. But, you know, on their side, they have a tough game in the second round, probably against Roosevelt. And then, uh, you know, St. Bernard will probably play West Red Ranch. That'll have some real fireworks. And then Polly will probably play that winner in the quarterfinal. On, on the on February 18th, and on February 22nd is the semifinal. So, you know, coming from that lower quadrant, you know, it could be Colony, maybe Colony of Ontario. They have uh, some good players in, in including Minnesota-bound Jaden Henley. He's a real he's a sleeper going to Minnesota. Not a lot of the country knows about him, mm-hmm. but that could be a good semifinal, so it could be like Etowanda uh, versus Colony. And then you know it it the other could be like uh no let me tell you, let me repeat myself. It could be Polly versus Colony in the semifinal, and okay. then the other one could be like an Ed Awanda versus Heritage Christian or maybe or, or Rolling Hills Prep, or maybe it's you know, maybe St. John Bosco sneeze there, like Eric said. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a good bracket. I don't know if you took a look at it, but those are some good teams. They're like no, a, those are really
2: good teams. I I, I did like I did uh, some homework on it. And I was just like, man, that's uh obviously the open division. Um, uh, it's uh, stronger, but like I think that uh, that 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 bracket right there is tough. Um, there's a lot of quality teams. There's a lot of good coaching. Uh, kind of like what Eric was talking about. There's a lot of good coaching. Just kind of me doing some of the background on it. I was just like, man, you're gonna get some quality games, and guys are gonna be prepared. <laughs> so yeah, no it's, just, it's just gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think it's I think it's gonna be a lot of really good second round semi like I think once you kind of get past the first round you may see an upset or two but I think that second round and beyond is going to be where you know yeah. you see some really good games
1: yeah I want to shout out some of the coaches like you mentioned you know Yancey Dotson from Paul yeah. paulie uh Steven Singleton who coached Dominguez and Tyson Chandler to a state title he's at Roosevelt um uh, you know Tony Bland who we mentioned has been on the college scene before he's at St. Bernard so you know he's another guy that totally puts his ego aside when he gets input and, and, and things like that we mentioned we talked about that Brentwood uh, moose Bailey Toby Bailey's brother he's a college player played at UCLA played at uh Penn State yeah. well 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 versed uh you know Win, winwards coach is very good colonies coaches is, is very good you know Jerry De well known like I said he has a really good team they can really get to that semifinal against poly. That that would be a hell of a game, Dave Kleckner at Awanda Clamp City. They they just, mm-hmm. they such good defensively all the time. You know they 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 had a couple lulls. They lost that in in league to Damien. That kind of knocked them out of the open. But you know they've done a really good job. Uh, Deshaun Bryant, an up and coming coach at Fountain Valley, who's done a good job. But he mentioned Matt Dunn at St. John mm-hmm. Bosco. He's won a state title at Damien. He's done a good job with Bosco. They're always battling, Modern Day, in the uh, Trinity League, and Modern Day, went undefeated in Trinity League this year. So we'll see if Bosco has a that chance. I mean, he's Eric went out on the limb there. That's, that's <laughs> a hell of a, because they're missing one of their best players, Alzi Harrington, right. the other freshman who's a one, two, three, as we talked about before. Hopefully, we see them at. Um, hopefully, we see them at uh, the all Pangloss uh all West Fresh Soft is Giovanni Ruff at Long Beach Poly. He's those are probably the three best freshmen right now. But again, that's, there's a lot of time for those guys to develop. So it's going to be an exciting playoffs, you know, and like I said, it's going to be, it's a little bit more normal. So let's jump into the UIL playoff approaching,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: you know, again, six, A is the top division kind of, you. Uh, you know, kind of like the open in, in, In California, 5A is very good.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Duncanville's kind of rolling. They're still number two in the Fab 50. Obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit as we close out the show. Um, Go ahead and give us a little bit of a high line, things you see in the UIL playoffs coming up, Bonnie.
2: Yeah, so, excuse me. uh, For 6A, you know, everybody's waiting for that Final Four potential matchup of Richardson and Duncanville. And, uh, you know, AB, uh, Anthony Black, So, 222 is still undecided. He's uh he's clear, so he's going to play throughout. When, for, last time they played, he came in the fourth quarter, uh, yeah. like Stone Cold Steve Austin tried to say today. It just didn't yeah, work yeah. out. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting game, uh, seeing each other in the Final Four. But, you know, there's a lot of very interesting, like, match potential matchups. I think in 6A, when you talk about potential second-round matchups, so, like, uh, South Graham, Curry, and McKinney, uh, since yeah. you see each other in the second round, soccer Grand prairie, uh, they lost their best player, uh, Caden Bennett. He had a uh, torn ACL, but they've been rolling this year. They've had, uh, really good wins. Um, they I think they're second or third in their district so far. McKinney, you know, they almost beat AC Compass. They've, <clears throat> they've been winning throughout this season. Yeah, uh, McKinney's which, had some big wins. Yeah. McKinney's had some big wins. Uh, 2023, Jacoby Walters. Uh, they got a, a guard, Jacoby Campbell. That's his real, uh, uh, crafty and pest, and the pest on the defense end. They got an SMU commit, Alexander Mekwe. Um <clears throat> That's South Grand Prairie. They play fast. Coach Bennett really makes his boys get after it. McKinney's very well coached. they disciplined, and, you know, you got a high-level player. And you got two Division One basketball players on that roster, so that's going to be a really interesting potential second-round matchup. Uh, we talked about Richardson. You know, they have a matchup against Allen. And Allen's a young team. They got a lot of 23s, 24s. They have a really talented 25 that I think people will get to know during the spring and summer in uh, Trent Payne. Uh, comes off the bench for them. Athletic, probably about 5'9", 5'10", but plays above the rim. Crafty. Uh, crafty would handle, creates his own shot. So I think Richardson ends up beating Allen, but I think Allen, they'll uh, – they been competitive against very tough teams in the area, uh Lake Highlands and Plano. That's going to be a really interesting yeah. one. Plano's actually thirty-one and zero you know, right now. What? They're undefeated. um <clears throat> Yeah, and it's been like under the radar. Like it didn't really people didn't realize they're undefeated until they're like twenty and zero. They're like, hold on, Plano's twenty and zero, and then they just yeah. got Justin McBride, is uh, a twenty twenty-three, awesome. back from uh, Oak Hill, and he's added to the uh, realm. So he's. You know, he makes them better. Uh, got to see them play is, is very fun. That district with Louisville, Heber, and Capel. Capel yeah. has the kid, Ryan Argerwald, that's going to Stanford. That's a yeah. <clears throat> tough district, but Plano's been uh, really, really good. Lake Highlands, they have uh, Trey Johnson, yeah, who's a 224, who's, I think, top three on ESPN. Uh, Borland has a chance to be a number one player in his class. Uh, played Richardson, almost knocked off Richardson, having 37 points and about 20 some points in the second half. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Lake, Lake Highlands and Plano game. Uh,
1: yeah. Our I heard that bus been talking high about him on Twitter. Oh, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I know. No, he's, uh, I remember when I first saw him last spring and I was yeah. like, hold on. Uh, yeah. It was in Jim Hicks' event, the icebreaker. Yeah. I said, hold on. This kid, uh kid may be the best in the area, best in, in yeah. Texas. And then and he was playing 16U last year, and he was the lead guy. So uh that Lake Collins playing no game should be. I, I'll probably if that that game happens, which is probably going to happen, I'm there. <laughs> uh, that, that that that's a really good one. Uh, and then we go into 5A Region One. You know, obviously in 5A you talk about like Kimball favorites. You got Beaumont United. They're People expect them to see each other again in the championship game. But Kimball, you know, it's kind of been an up-and-down year. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I told the assistant coach at Kimball, uh, I said, you know, y'all are cable being anybody. But, you know, sometimes I feel like y'all could lose to anybody. Uh, yeah,
1: what, what's going on with that? Let me jump to Kimball because I had them nationally ranked before. So, they obviously, they lost a close one to Duncanville. They lost to North mm-hmm. Little Rock. They lost to Centennial from California, the Right. which is a good win for Centennial, you know, a hell of a win, one of their better wins. Then they lose to Corner Canyon in Lancaster. So they kind of fell off the national radar rankings right. out of the fat 50. And I go, you know, I'm like, okay, I just going by the results. So kind of what, what do you see happening there? Or were they just playing well at the beginning and then tailed off or did they have an injury or did they just need to, they need to pick it up?
2: Yeah. And they, they also took a loss to Episcopal School of Dallas, um, but
1: um I think we just out of the 50 by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: So so yeah. I think it just uh they haven't really had any injuries. Um uh no one player had to leave the team, but um uh, that was okay. gi- was p- giving them some good quality minutes, but just kind of been an up and down thing. I think the kids sometimes, you know, when you deal with teenagers, especially yeah. getting them ready to play every game and taking every game seriously, obviously Duncanville, who they haven't been able to beat. Uh, you know, they came to play for that one, Uh, North Little Rock. I think when they really come to play, it's very hard to beat Kimball, all right? You know what I mean? Like, it's just the inconsistencies of bringing it. (laughs) You know, each game you just don't really know. Uh, But I know playoff time, like even last year, they 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 start to turn the corner, they start to really lock in. That team's so talented, when Artario Morris is going to uh Texas, Chauncey Gibson's going to Clemson, they got a 2023 T John Brown, they got a 23 uh big fella and DeCannon Wickware who's kind of molding himself into a division one basketball player. Talking about five guys, and then they got some good uh depth coming off the bench. I mean, they're they're a quality team. They just really inconsistent they're just inconsistent. You just really don't yeah. know what you're getting. Uh, yeah. every night and, and you know what and the, and the coaches uh they know that and I think they're the players are starting to kind of understand that as well and they're they're I think when playoff time comes they'll they'll lock in and you know make the run at it
1: okay so is, is Beaumont United uh, let, let's say the playoffs started today or, are are they the favorite and then they could meet Kimball again?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, say that. I would say they're the favorite, even though it's been a little bit up and down for them too. I know they uh, lost to North Little Rock. They took a tough one against Side Ranch in the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah. So, but I think they're kind of getting it together uh, again. it was just championship high is what I believe. Things yeah. you know, kind of come in. They're very talented. They brought damn near everybody back, <laughs> and then it's just like you know. I think they've just from what I my my just watching was coming and expecting to like thinking that the win's going to come instead of like, right. you know, you're going to get everybody's best fight uh, yeah. and everybody's best punch. So I right. think, uh, you know, I think Beaumont United to me are my favorites to win it. Uh, I think Kimball is the most talented team in 5A. Uh, but um, if they come in locking I think I, they should. I mean, they – the, them and Beaumont United will see each other, and that's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, that's but a- in five A, you got like Frisco Memorial, who's had a really good season. Uh, Sock, <laughs> who's took Kimball to you know really close games. Uh, Lucas Lovejoy, uh, who's very very disciplined. Uh, coach Coach does a hell of a job just getting his kids prepared. They're going to be such a tough team because you're not going to speed them up. They're going to go through their sets. <laughs> um, if they got to run through a minute to get a shot off, they're going to get they're going to get the shot off. And they got a kid, a 2023 Carson Templin, six eleven, like six eleven wingspan, rim protector, rebounder, has a good feel as a passer. I mean, they they, they initiate offense around him, and and they're they're a tough team to beat. Uh, so yeah. they're going to have some battles in uh in five A for sure. So.
1: Yeah. And I, I look at those results and I want to give people a little quick rundown. And like you mentioned, you know, Beaumont lost to Cy Ranch, North Little Rock, and they lost to Newton
0: mm-hmm.
1: Georgia. So Newton's like number two in their division in Georgia. And, you know, they're obviously Pebble Brook is the best team, but Pebble Brook lost to Durango of uh, Nevada in the first round of Tark. So those teams have been knocked down a little bit in terms of their, of their national ranking. Obviously Bishop Gorman is the, the 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 favorite in, in in Nevada and in the top division and and Coronado just pulled off a big win against Simeon in Chicago yeah, at the Donda that. event.
0: that's yeah, all that. Coronado
1: and Durango are playing this week, as you hear this pod. They'll be playing on mm-hmm. Friday, as we mentioned. You know, going games getting ready uh, for the playoffs in California on Friday, and, and, and Nevada's and getting ready to start their playoffs next week. So yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting. We'll see if that five A champ. Gets back in the Fab 50. Obviously, Duncanville and Richardson. My my take is that, oh man, that's gonna be if those two meet again, obviously that's gonna be a hell of a game. Um, obviously, Duncanville lost in overtime in the Waterburger, and Richardson's only lost to North Little Rock. So uh from before we jump into the national perspective, you know, we'll get your take as the passer. I don't want to put you on the spot yet to <laughs> ask you who <laughs> might win that game. We'll we'll come back to that. Okay. I, obviously, it's gonna build up. And I'll have I'll do a little homework myself and we'll we'll put a prediction on that Richardson Duncanville game before the game you know before right. the, maybe a round or two in the past on the next in the paint pod you know and we're here on 116 but I wanted to let people know as we get ready to close out we're going to talk about the Fab 50 but want to let people know that we're looking to spread uh you know more apparel promotion and so obviously I want people to know about our shop.ballslife.com uh podcast discount code it's in the paint Discount code, you get 15% off your next order when you shop with us at shop.ballslife.com. The code is P-A-I-N-T-1-5. Once again, the code you can enter is P-A-I-N-T-1-5, the the numbers, um, 1-5. So you get free shipping all throughout the U.S. You know, 15% off when you use that code, backpacks, basketballs, tees, and shorts. We also wanted to mention that we're having our – ball's life east coast squad versus zone six mm-hmm. on saturday the 12th the best of five series the winner takes 10 grand i know Ani, me and you we can use 10 grand right you guys are favorite, <laughs> 10 grand um it's if you're in the tampa bay area it's going to be at wesley chapelle district park obviously most people can't get to tampa bay on that short notice but unless you can't but if you can't it's going to be a free live stream on caffeine.tv at 5 p.m eastern that's C-A-F-F-E-I-N-E.tv, caffeine.tv it's like a live stream so those are pretty cool i've, I've been a few and i'll say our streetball teams you know they they do a great job they love to grow their brand love promote themselves and people like watching it i mean Ani, what do you, some people just like watching who like forget all this talk they just like watching who you
2: know, yeah no no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, same here. I I like my downtime. I'll sometimes just watch and I'm like, this is yeah.
1: just yeah. entertaining. It's just entertaining, it's just hoop. Yeah, it's good hoop. And some of them are good hoopers, you know, others are better than others. Like my guy, the guy I think about is or my guy from the West Coast got Frank Nitty. Like, he's like, oh <laughs> he's like, he basically we've talked about guy, he could basically play spot minutes in the NBA. I mean, there's no oh, doubt in my mind yes. about it. You
0: know? He's yes. just
1: rolled by guys like He's just really talented and he didn't really have a he's been a. he came and talked about his past on a previous episode, you know how he came to be went through junior college, played at Weber State with Damon Lillard. That didn't work out. He came back home to cast at LA D2. So, and you know, he's he's made a name for himself. So three-time Drew League MVP. So there's a lot of good matchups out there. Hopefully, this this recent game is, is very good, and it's again three out of five for 10 grand. Hopefully, you guys can tune into that. So, as we wrap up, let's talk about this. Big showdown. We've talked about the top teams, and we, we talked about Duncanville being number two. Let me give you the rundown here. Sunrise, number one. They won the NIBC. They beat up IMG for the second time. Duncanville's number two. Montverde Academy uh, has the two losses to IMG, but is split with Sunrise, number three. Link Academy's undefeated up to number four. Centennial, who we've talked about a lot, five. IMG comes in at six. Richardson at seven. Lalamere with some big wins. Yeah, Lalamere, um beat IMG last week, even though our, our guy Keontae George had a 40-point game. I mean, it was, a, it was a really good game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lalamere played well. They were playing without Jaden Bradley, IMG was. So Lalameer still behind IMG because of, they have the two wins over Montverde. But, you know, Lalamere does deserve credit for that win. So they move up to eight. And our, t- our guys from Calvary Christian Academy is number 10 behind Oak Hill, who's, you know, playing with a little bit of incentive because it's going to be the last year for Steve Smith. So let's talk about this big matchup coming up at the Heartland Hoops Classic this weekend. It will be this Friday. There's going to be a lot of good matchups this weekend. We talked about this Friday being a big week for playoffs or for big matchups. Um, we have Sunrise Christian won the first official NIBC championship, obviously, last year. Montverde won the the one-off game against Sunrise, One versus four. Ani, what do you what do you see as the key to this matchup? I know you've watched a little bit of both teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sunrise versus Link, you know, what, what do you see as the key in this matchup here at the Harlan Soup Classic? This is a huge game for Link Academy. Not as much country knows about them as much as these other teams we talked about, but right. Rodney Berry's program is having a hell of a year. They're 26-0.
2: Oh yeah, no, absolutely no. Link has been fantastic this year, especially the first year taken to the high school, uh, yeah. space. You know, they've always had a post grad team. I need mean, Perry's Ronnie Perry's done a hell of a job, and yeah. the staff. Um, I think the the, the 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 big thing about this game is like, which side is going to take over the most? Like, is is Sunrise backcourt going to just demolish, uh? Yeah. Link's back court or is Link who has the size advantage in the front court yeah, with Jordan hard. Walsh, Terrace Reed, or You got Omaha Balu. You know, yeah. are they going to command on the glass? Are they going to really kind of take over? But Sunrise defense is just so menacing. It's tough. Uh, yeah. Link, just uh just uh, getting baskets. You know, consistently on their on their defense, and you know, getting second, third chance opportunities going to be big. But Sunrise is just, you know, their backcourt is so strong. I mean, Link, Link yeah. backcourt is not bad. It's sure. just they don't have the depth. Like, I mean, Sunrise with yeah. Grady Dick, Scotty Milton, uh, Leighton Blocker. Green. Uh, Trey Green. Trey Green. Yeah. And Trey Green uh, for Against
1: Leighton Blocker, that's a hell of a matchup.
2: Yeah. Right. No, that's a, that's a, that's a big time matchup. And then um, I just think, uh, like, which one take over? I think Link has the size advantage in the front, and I think Sunrise has the backcourt advantage. And which one. Is gonna really, you know, which 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 part is gonna really just take over? I mean, can't discredit Mark Mitchell; he's been having a fantastic season at Sunrise. Correct. But
1: uh, you know, Link just has more depth in the front court. Correct. You know, uh, Link's gonna have to, like you said, I think if my, one of my keys. Link's gonna have to slow Mark Mitchell down a bit. He, he he's been mm-hmm. playing really good as of late. Obviously, he's a McDonald's All American. He's been playing good the whole year, but lately he's been really hitting some shots, knocking mm-hmm. some things down. Like you said, if if Reed Phillips and Walsh Control those boards. I mean, Sunrise is really gonna have to shoot it well, and Mm -hmm. and they can with Dick and and those guys. But they're gonna like Scotty. I think Scotty Middleton's gonna have to shoot. He hit a couple shots to keep him honest, and and Layden Blocker's been playing really good. He 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 had the kind of that clinching shot in that game against IMG down the stretch.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and 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 man, Mark Mitchell hit a big three on the wing, and, and then Layden kind of closed the game out. Um, who do you think wins the matchup? I mentioned Trey Green because he's a little bit under the radar, like you said, he's gonna he's gonna have to play good because as you mentioned, of the a back court debt that Sunrise had. What do you think? What do you like and what do you see in that 223 matchup between Layden and Trey Green?
2: Uh Trace is someone that could really fill it up. I mean, when he gets hot, he gets hot and uh sure. can score from damn near anywhere. Uh, but but he's a willing passer too. So, like yeah. he's not just someone that's just very like you know you you can't really predict what he'll do. Like, you know, he will facilitate and he can get a shot off with step backs and hang dribbles and stuff like that. Layden just like a dog downhill guy that, you know, athletic, plays hard as hell. Very good passer, especially on drives. Um, man, that matchup is going to be tough. I think I, I'll give the slight edge to Layden. Sure. But, you know, I get a slight edge to Layden because I just think he just really... He he got kind of peace around him where he can really do what what he has to do, but Trey at any moment, you know, like if you told me he had if by Friday night, if he had twenty five points and five he assists, it, it just wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. But I get the edge to late and I just like how he's really been playing lately. I think he's been been, been fantastic.
1: Okay. Yeah. So but that note, you obviously think Sunrise Backward has a, a little bit of an advantage and then mm-hmm. uh Link's frontcourt has a little bit of advantage. So, what comes out on top? I'll put you on the spot, and then I'll give you my opinion as we wrap up. What do you think's uh, happening in this game? I'm
2: gonna go the. I'm gonna go the upset. Okay, Link. I go the
1: upset. Go Link. To up, so I'm gonna go Link. So the, too much <laughs> firepower up front, or just mm-hmm. they rebound well enough and shoot it just well enough. I imagine that's what they have to do: take good percentage shots, yeah. don't get carried away with the trying through alley oops and and and. Things like that because they're athletic, they can get out there. Um, like mm-hmm. you said, if they take good shots, they have a chance. Um, I, I think because of the pressure, uh both teams are gonna be in Geico at the end of the season, right. you know, which is in March 31st through April 2nd in, in Fort Myers. Uh Sunrise does has been there before, they've lost, they've won, they've lost these matchups. So I think they're not as less pressure. So I think they'll pull it out at the end. I think they've just been playing tough games and they've learned how to win those tough games. I think Link is going to be a tough game. And then they're going to uh Sunrise will win by a basket or two. But Link knows if if they play pretty well, they're going to get into Geico, most likely, and, and they'll have their chance. So that'll give them that'll be a great yeah. you know, <laughs> experience. Win or lose is going to be a great experience for them to show okay now we know what we got to do for three straight games right. not just in a one game setting so yeah i i i think like you mentioned Leighton and the guards are Grady will hit a couple big shots Scotty will play just good enough for then a ink out a close win but it's going to be close so we'll see what happens uh next week we'll talk about that when we wrap up uh you know our next in the paint as we wrap up episode 116 we'll we'll come back on 117 yeah. and talk about that game a little bit that's this Friday. You know, again, this is going by uh, fast this week. We're doing this later in the week because of we shot earlier, talked about a WNBA with our co-host Chelsea Hopkins. That went well. She'll be on once in a while. Obviously, Ani's here to break down the high school scene and the grassroots and the college scene. And she'll jump on one, once in a while to talk about the NBA and the WNBA. So, you know, we're, we're glad that everybody can jump on, everybody that's tuning in. But I think for now we're going to get out of here. We kind of went over what we wanted to do. We wanted to kind of get in and out. So a lot of good basketball coming up. Playoffs are coming up. Again, we appreciate everybody listening to the In the Paint show presented by Ball of Dive. Again, make sure to go check out our other podcasts, Buckets and Breakdowns, New Noble and Rouge. Let us know how you feel. You know, we're trying to grow that YouTube uh, version of it on the ridiculous. Ball Black Network. You know, So if you, can, if you can listen to it, just listen to it on YouTube if you want. Obviously, we we love that you – Listen to it on megaphone or Spotify, and that people are downloading it. So, Ani, we appreciate that. We we oh, appreciate you coming on, and we appreciate people listening.
2: Oh, the one hundred percent. And I appreciate the support, and yeah, definitely follow, uh, watch our YouTube uh, videos. I think they're, uh, I think we're we great on the cam too. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. People might want to look at you. I don't think they want to look at me too. Much. No, they want to look at both of us. They, they want to look. They at want everybody. to, you know, want to see uh, some of our guests or Chelsea. Great. I'm not sure about me though, but you know, all that's great. Yeah. I appreciate you guys again tuning in or listening. But for now, Ronnie and Ani are logging off.